Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Our sponsor today knows pets aren't just animals, they're part of the family. They're part of who we are, our adventures and our world. Animal Friends Pet Insurance is not only here to offer affordable protection for the furriest member of your family, they're also the only leading UK insurer founded to support vulnerable pets and wildlife around the world. With cover to suit your budget, Animal Friends' award-winning, easy-to-understand policies for cats, dogs, horses and riders can provide you with peace of mind so you can focus on creating more memories together. Animal Friends, because all good stories start with the tale. Visit animalfriends.co.uk. On this episode of Headstrong, I have partnered with Wellman, the UK's number one vitamin brand for men. Our physical and mental health are closely linked. And in today's high pressure world, it's more important than ever to keep both in check. When life shows no signs of slowing down, Wellman's advanced supplements give you the nutritional support you need to help safeguard your diet and maintain health and vitality. Backed by extensive international research and expert formulations, Wellman is designed for the lifestyle needs of men at every stage of life. All products are packed with a broad spectrum of nutrients, such as vitamins B6 and B12, which contribute to normal energy release, and vitamin D to support the normal function of the immune system. Wellman is brought to you by Vitabiotics, the UK's leading vitamin company, and is proud to promote mental health for men with Headstrong. Visit wellman.co.uk to find out more. David, hello, sir. Hello, sir. Thank you for Welcome. joining me. Pleasure. Batsy Dogs and Cats Home. I bet you haven't recorded here. I've never recorded here, and I'm super excited. Thank you for choosing dogs. No, And pleasure. we're going to get into some really good conversations about mental health. Good stuff. Why dogs are so important for mental health, and also the amazing work they do here. 
and also a little bit about you. So, should we go grab a coffee? Absolutely. Perfect. What's your order? Flat white. And now I have an oat milk flat white, please. Why do you drink oat milk just out of interest? Uh, dairy doesn't sit too well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> right, here we are. This is our space. This is where we're going to meet some dogs. Or yes. A dog. <laughs> a dog, I yeah. Hope, anyway. <laughs> um, why are dogs so important to you? I've grown up with dogs. It's one of my first best memories is uh, we got a, a King Charles Spaniel when I was growing up, and I, when people say, is that your first memory? Um, it's one of them, definitely. And I just grew up with dogs. The positivity of a dog having around me, that was, that's what I did as a kid. Walked the dog and had the dog with me. She was my, and then we had you know, a few others and they were just like my best friends almost. Just like, my, I was always quite a solitary kind of child, but my dog was always my, my best friend. Your shadow. Yeah, I mean, they, they become that in many ways. And uh, it's just that, um, that love you get from a dog is, is unconditional. You know, so uh, you'll never have a companion like a dog. They don't care what you look like, what you've said, what you've, or any of those things. You know, so, um, and then I had sort of 20 years, a, little, a bit less than that, where I couldn't have, I was traveling so much. So it wasn't, uh, wasn't applicable for me to have a dog. Um, I do now, of course, but um, so Battersea, when I became ambassador, was almost Battersea Dog Same was like my slight, uh, you know, slightly sort of escapism to come here and try and help the dogs and help the charity. and get my little sort of fix of, sort of being with a dog. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that compassion is now why dogs are such an important part of your routine in your life now. Mm, because no, now you have that opportunity to have dogs in your life. Well, the important part of my family. routine, the important part of my family's routine. So mm. my, my girls have grown up, you know, I mean, Dora was first. You know, we've had her now for six years. She's a dog from Battersea. Um, so when we brought my, you know, I, when we brought my daughters home from, um, from the hospital, you know, it was, I'd already read about you bring the dog out to meet your baby, you don't bring the baby back in mm -hmm. because then there's always a chance. So the, the dog is welcoming the baby in. Um, they've just, you know, we've just got every picture and every, you know, there's films of Dora um, in, a, you know, in a pram with my first daughter pushing her when she was learning to walk and now Tabs, who is learning to walk now, is doing exactly the same thing with the help from her sister with Dora in the same pram. And we go for walks together, and we, you know, it gets us all outside, and we go and find fairy dens out in Richmond. But Dora's part of the whole thing; mm. she's part of the family. And uh, you know, if you if you break it down to the you know, the chemical that you get both in dogs and oxytocin when you when you, uh, you know, when you when you pat a dog or stroke or hug a dog, there's oxytocin released in your brain, which is the good chemical. Same thing released in lots of you know, good things, mm. and. Um, uh, so it's beneficial. You know, there's so many proven elements of dogs that you live longer, you exercise more, yeah. uh, you're a more positive so those person. Added benefits that come with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a dog and cat home, of course. Like people love cats. I'm not much of a cat person. Um, and then you just dogs are, you know, it's that unconditional love that's well, so kind of yeah, it's, it's true. You know, it's, it's yeah. I mean, you go to the toilet for 10 minutes and you come out and the dog greets you like you've been gone for like three days. Yeah. How are you? Are you okay? <laughs> you're like, I am, thanks. But uh, yeah. you'll get that from no one, from no one else. I mean, I literally agree. I was talking to you earlier about my dog, Hamilton. Mm. I've had him for about two years now. And without doubt, he is my best friend. People say a lot, I'm sure you might get this as well, but he's an extension of me. People okay. go, 
you even look similar. <laughs> like, you look, dogs, yeah. owners look like their dogs, and yeah. everyone goes, you also have the same energies. And like, why is he always trying to cuddle you? And I'm like, oh, is that what I'm like? Yes. <laughs> I'm a cuddler. Yeah. Uh, guilty. Um, so what, what, if you were a dog, what would you be and why? I'd probably be a collie, if I'm totally honest. Dora, our little dog, is like collie. And what are those qualities that resonate with you? Mm, probably doesn't stop. Enjoys being outside. Um, a good friend, a massive com like good companion, I think. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's just basically me. I don't, I don't really stop. I, I constantly want another challenge, and that is with collies are uh, you know, very clever dogs, which I'm not saying I'm you know, particularly very clever, but they are um, curious and they want to work. And um, they're a working animal. You've got a working cocker. Same thing. You know, you you have to constantly um, you know, give them challenges Stimulating. and st stimulation is one of the biggest things. Mm. It's one of the biggest things people get wrong with dogs is, you know, they say to me, my dog's chewing everything up in the house and it's going mad and it's really simple, your dog's not exercised or stimulated enough. That's basically it. So, um, yeah, probably what I would be if I, if I could be. I like that. I did, I did once see, though, uh, it was one of the best things I've ever seen. It was an English bulldog. It was a beautiful house in Kensington on a beautiful day. And the bulldog, and I went past, I was taking my dog for a walk, and the, uh, the um, English bulldog, it was an English bulldog, was on his back next to the gate, just rubbing his own belly in the sun. <laughs> and I just went, yeah, I mean, that doesn't look like a bad life, or maybe we can take that as well. But I think the most common thing that I hear is, if I was going to come back as anything, I'm coming back as a dog. You know, <laughs> it's just... What a life, especially if you're born into the right family. But that, then, that, well, that's what this place. And then does, exactly really, on that really other get, side get, of the getting spectrum, a, getting a good, a, a good home, of course. I mean, the luxury um, of this charity of Battersea Dogs and Cats Home is that there's that opportunity to mm. reintegrate them into a loving family mm. from a, a life that they've previously had that is potentially not great. No, well, you, you've got two sides of it, Lou, and people. People automatically presume when you talk about Batsy and rehoming a dog is a, is a stray dog. Mm. And that's the conversation, first of all, that you, people have got to get rid of. Because actually a lot of dogs could come from homes where people just can't afford their dog anymore or yeah. their owner dies. And they're the dogs I feel almost, you know, when you go around the kennels, you feel almost sorry for because they have gone from a loving home. And it's emotional, And they've known this experience and they're just there going, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, people talk about, well, you don't know where the dogs have, you know, have been. And you go, well, you do, because we know the whole record of them, this dog, and they're the ones that are trained and, and yeah. uh, have, had a, you know, have grown up in a, in a, in a house and, um, or, or a loving home, and they're the ones that I, I think are great for people to rehome immediately. Yeah, um, of course, some dogs have behavioural issues, but that's the great thing about Batsy is that you know, they will never turn the animal away. That's, that's what they kind of say. And uh, they don't. What, however the animal needs... I mean, I've known dogs here that have been here two and a half years, and they yeah. still haven't been, like, and we finally rehomed them. Mm. Um, but they'll look at every avenue, even training them to go into the army or the police or medical service or something if a dog is not right to be in a, a home situation. So they'll look at every avenue. And I've seen the staff here, um, you know, sitting with animals that have, have had the, the, the worst start to life. And they're literally just 24 hours a day sitting with the animal. That's what the, villain, the volunteers do. Yeah. So when you see that commitment, um, from the staff here is you want to help the charity, you want to build up, and mm. it's a very different place to where I was uh, you know, as an ambassador 10 years ago. Mm. It's such, such an important thing that you're doing. Shall we meet one of the dogs? Absolutely, that's, yeah, that would be the highlight. Okay, <laughs> hello. Bear. Hello, Bear. Four months old. <gasps> oh, 
Oh, my word. Oh. That's so sweet. It's a little bit stinky, I'm afraid. OK. Aren't we all? Bear. We Aren't we all bear? Hello, hello, hello. Sit. Sit. Oh, it's okay. I'll give you a cuddle instead. <laughs> so sweet. Oh, you did it in the end. I mean, you must. Do you ever just come here and just relax, let your hair down, unwind? That's part of it, really. Is exactly why we like, kind of like, do it. It's. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Many people get the opportunity. Obviously, I know all the team here, and they're like a bit of a big family. And um, mm. yeah, so I get to go in with the kennels, and she's coming. And hey, Bear. Hello, I know. <laughs> I know you. I, I mean, it's a just bear that, is a good name. A bear is a lovely name. It's, it's just one of those feelings, okay, you know, that when you have a dog. Hello. Look, look at this, the happiness <laughs> that it's in, he's instilling in you. It's just gorgeous. I know. The hardest thing is not to want to take everyone home. Well, I'm already thinking, should he be uh, coming that's home? That's what you think at every point. Like you think. I know. Yeah, I go home to my other half and go. Look, I think we we could have another. I found a, this, this amazing cross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, do you want that? Are you going to be happy you with that? You want that? There you go. You're, gonna, you're just going to tuck in, are you? You beautiful so, um, thing. Yeah. I mean, just talking... You've got to remind yourself why you're, I mean, you're going to help the charity and everything else. And no, this of is course. exactly why, you, why we're doing it. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Finding great homes. And, you know, one of the biggest things that when people say to me, which is something I'm, you know, actually should, they, they should be proud of, is that um, <laughs> it's, it's very strict when you, you know, when you come to Battersea, about when they check your home and rehoming. And I said, mm. oh, good. But, you know, the, the dogs have come here and they want the, the best home. They want to completely check that. <laughs> you know, the worst thing is a, a dog virtually is, is you know, having to come back. Yeah, um, sure. So, yeah, they've got to sort of check the environment oh, and then they're right there and everyone's, ow! Oh, Puppy cheeky. Puppy cheeky. I know, he's bit my nose. <laughs> oh, I was bleeding. He's gorgeous. So, yeah, Brilliant. He's, oh, uh, he's look at that, now you're happy. He's also a great example, of course, of everyone has also got the almost a preconception that uh, when I say about Batty, and they go, yeah, but you've, but you've just got staffers. And I go, no, not at all. And that's changed, sure. that's changed a lot, actually, since COVID, hasn't it? It's, um, well, I, I, was... I, I came in and I was, you, you're suddenly seeing, uh, well, yeah. cockapoos and everything else, Cock but you're spaniels, seeing... Labradors. I've, I've never seen spaniels that many in here, and it's all yeah. spaniels and everything else. So, um, it's sad, but I mean, the work they do here is absolutely fantastic, but that is also why you've been and you were the first ambassador for Battersea Dogs and Cats, mm. and you've done it for so long now because it, of, the, of the fulfilling work. That yeah. It makes you know, it makes you feel great for the work yes, that you do. Exactly, you know? they, that's exactly it. So you're, um, and when you and when we're in Richmond, you know, people come up to me and um, they say you won't remember, um, won't remember us. We met you at an event, or we met you somewhere else to do with Richmond. This is now our Battersea Dog, and you've got them going off and their children Amazing. all playing with them. You, you go, well, I didn't do that. That's the team here. But, you know, if you raised awareness to it and, a and small then going to somewhere else and they didn't, you know, buy a dog and or from, from a breeder, they actually rehomed one. And that's that's the aim, really, as, as the ambassador. You are going to be huge. Look at the size of your paws. I know. It's just bear a, is... Bear, bear is, is going to be yeah. a big bear. Exactly. I think you're yeah. so right. It's one of those things. You can just be that small contributing part to this organisation and charity. That you're, is just, you're just a spokesman for the charity. Exactly. And, and, and really just an advocate of what the team do. Yeah. I'm, you know, a very, very tiny part of what the, what the incredible volunteers and staff do mm. here. And, um, you know, you see the work that, and, and the money that goes into, um, you know, the vets here as well. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, it's just, there, there are I mean, other, I know what it's like with my dog. <laughs> yeah, no, it's absolutely mad. So, um, LA. You, you, you know, you see other dog charities and, and they won't take dogs because they can sort of see sometimes like the, 
you know, the, the medical treatments they need. So, of course, running a business, that's hard, but Batsy never really, as I said, well, they'll never say no to a dog. So, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, they correct them all. And, and unfortunately, with this, with the amount of breeding that has happened and incorrect breeding, and uh, one of the reasons you know, being that everyone got dogs during COVID, mm. thinking, well, I'm not sure what they were thinking. But, um, and now you're seeing all those animals that weren't bred right that have to come into them Battersea, that have to have yeah. their you know, airways and airway operations because their snouts are too short. And um, yeah, it's uh, all about responsible ownership and responsible breeding. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about dogs as well in terms of that, that giving you a good feeling and in enjoying what you're feeling. And, you know, that brings me nicely onto what I'm wearing. <laughs> of course, you know, David Gandhi Wellwear, yeah. which ultimately... I'm not going to lie to you, it's so incredibly comfortable. Good, I didn't, I'm just, it's soft and makes you feel good. <laughs> and I, don't, I know that that's a huge part of it. I mean, there must be studies that you did for well, we, kind of we, what the materials are to yeah, make you feel good. We didn't, stuff. yeah, we didn't do, do the research, but if there's, there's so much research um, on the positivity of comfortable clothing. And I, I was intrigued, really, of delving into it. I had my relationship with uh, um, collaboration with MS for. Um, seven years, it was a bit longer than that, but um, and you were like, Well, why do we go for those comfortable elements of clothing? Yeah, of um, why do we go to those cashmere pieces, those comfortable pieces? Mm. And, and again, it's the same, the same thing as um, sort of stroking a dog, hugging a dog, is you get the oxytoning, it's yeah. positive mindset. And they, they've yeah. done tests on people working in comfortable clothing compared to, I say, un more uncomfortable clothing, or sure. and when I say uncomfortable clothing. Um, that could be down to a point of, you know, sort of being fully in polyester. And <coughs> when you're talking about polyester, you're talking about basically covering yourself in plastic. Yeah. Uh, an unbreathable, virtually an unbreathable, unbreathable membrane sometimes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's why we use natural cottons and organic cottons and looking at, um, you know, Modal and Pima cottons and, but all sustainably. And, the, you know, another thing as well is just like, you know, pretty, um, fast fashion. Yeah, for one sure. of the biggest impacts on on the environment. People talk about cars. People talk about air travel and fuel and everything else. Production of, of of fashion, and I'm in the fashion game, so I think it's time to try and do something and make people aware that they shouldn't be buying, really shouldn't be buying fast fashion anymore. It's yeah. uh, or never really should. Well, have. you've been at the peak, ow, the, ow, the ow. pinnacle of the fashion industry for 20 years now, and you just said then, why? Is now the right time to start David Gandhi Worldwear? Why did you not necessarily wait, but why was now the right time for you? Um, well, that was really because I always want to always have a, a plan. There was a five-year plan or a ten-year plan. So the plan was always to have a brand of uh, my own. That was that was the final thing in in the uh, in the twenty-year sort of plan to to end up with. And, um, and you literally take my fingers off in a minute. And um, but I. I wasn't going to be, um, I needed to go back to school. I needed to learn, fine, say you want a, a fashion brand. Yeah. Um, but I, how do you do that? You know, I, I, I've, I've been on the other side of the camera and had the collaboration. So that's why we, we went to M&S and that's where I literally took myself back to school to learn about factories and production and design and, and everything else. Marketing, PR, yeah, we had all done, but um, not within, it's a whole different ballgame to own. And I, I just wanted that to be genuine to people, to say, look, I've, I'm now ready to you know, try and do my own, uh, my own thing, yeah. and my own brand. And it was, uh, it's not an easy task. It's one of the hardest things I've, I've ever, if not the hardest well, thing I've ever done. Well, learning things like that is so difficult. But when we look at the brand, 
being called well-wear. I think that's what <coughs> I find really intriguing, particularly from a headstrong perspective, but from someone who's so interested in mental health. Well, I know that that's something that you find really interesting, and yeah. I know that wellness is at the forefront of this brand. And where, So where did that inspiration and passion come from for mental health? Passion for, you know what, I, I, I'm not actually sure, if I'm totally honest. I, I've had sort of dark times, dark periods, and, and had to go through it. You're, you're, you're in an industry that um, you have to be tough, you have to be headstrong. Thick-skinned. Um, thick you are judged very much so on basically how you look on that day for a casting, on, and, and that's um, not the nicest thing to be judged on, but that at the same time is is what the kind of like the industry is about and what we it's the same with acting you know people are casting yeah. you for a part they you know and I, i'm doing the same when i'm casting um models um i'm looking for something slightly more and that's when you sort of i'm looking for ambassadors for our brands as well mm. um so I, I i like be to be people to be you know articulate and um and be able to be representative of our brands as well but you you're you've got this creative in your head and you're literally casting a uh, a face for it, and and that's where you are with it. You know, you're either right or wrong for it at that point. And when someone walks through, you go, "Yep, you know, you're a person." So, um, uh, it's um, yeah. So it was when we're uh, when we're doing that. It's an industry that's very tough, and you know, I've been through hard times myself. And um, a lot a lot of it is about, as we say, getting people to talk, and especially getting men to talk. But yeah. At the same time, there's an idea where people speak in psychologists. They also say people like to listen, and they like to know that people also. It doesn't matter, um, you know, in what where people are in their career or how successful they are, how much money they have. Mental health affects everyone. Mental well-being yeah. affects everyone. And um, when people can talk about that and say, "I maybe been through some dark times, and this is how I remedy it, and this is what I do," mm. then that to me is hopefully. Um, Encouraging people maybe to do the same thing and, and learning how to how to get over those sort of darker times, those darker periods. And, We're um, transitioning on some very good conversation. And I feel like <laughs> as much as we could play with Bear forever, we could just he's keep not, bringing, he's not the, bringing helping the dogs. Our, the podcast. Well, let's so let's say right, goodbye well, nice to Bear. To meet you. Bear's you been lovely, you? and I'm going to try hard not to take him home after. Come on, Bear. He, he did. did. Oh, he's so he's sweet. really well behaved, actually. Oh, he's done a waz. He's done a wee wee. <laughs> Fair enough. It Good timing, big man. <laughs> Did you know that the average pet insurance claim in 2021 was £848, according to the Association of British Insurers? With vet treatment costs continuing to rise, it's important to know that your pet can get the care they need when they need it. That's why Animal Friends Insurance is trusted to protect over 1 million pets across the UK, offering affordable cover for cats, dogs and horses. Not only that, they have over 22,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot. And if that doesn't make you feel good, they've also donated £7.8 million to more than 700 charities worldwide to help protect some of our most precious and vulnerable animals. So... In a world where the cost of living keeps creeping up, make sure your furry friend is covered. Visit animalfriends.co.uk today. On this episode of Headstrong, I have partnered with Wellman, the UK's number one vitamin brand for men. 
Our physical and mental health are closely linked. And in today's high pressure world, it's more important than ever to keep both in check. When life shows no signs of slowing down, Wellman's advanced supplements give you the nutritional support you need to help safeguard your diet and maintain health and vitality. Backed by extensive international research and expert formulations, Wellman is designed for the lifestyle needs of men at every stage of life. All products are packed with a broad spectrum of nutrients, such as vitamins B6 and B12, which contribute to normal energy release, and vitamin D to support the normal function of the immune system. Wellman is brought to you by Vitabiotics, the UK's leading vitamin company, and is proud to promote mental health for men with Headstrong. Visit wellman.co.uk to find out more. I mean, that was, I feel great already. I'm not going to lie well, to you. Like the delivery thing there is, as uh, Jane just said, he's off to his home this afternoon. I know. So, um, Every little piece is coming together and worth it. Yeah. Um, but you were really coming on to some really, some really interesting stuff. Obviously, the podcast and Headstrong as a platform is rooted in that mental health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so much that you do to promote it, but also so much that we can talk about in yeah. terms of the industry that you're in. And something that mm -hmm. I want to touch on first is diet mm -hmm. and kind of exercise, because naturally the modeling game is a visual one, you know, and it's mm. very much re does revolve around the physical element of mm, it. Of you know, do you, you know, we've just been to the cafe and I've just ordered an oat milk flat white, you know, my, my, my very basic order. But, you know, you've got to, are you conscious about what you are consuming and eating and thinking about this? And do you get that yeah. guilt? Not at all. I consume three and a half thousand calories a day. And you don't care? Just no, I don't care. It's just people are not educated on it. Yeah. People say to me, oh, you're a model, you're a little. No, I work out. I don't stop from seven o'clock in the morning till one o'clock. I need to consume three and a half thousand calories a day. People are still talking about calories. We were talking about calories in the 70s, the calories diet. Mm. There's good calories and bad calories. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's really simple. It's and just counting your macros. And yeah, it's like when like the latest fad, you know, people come along and they go, oh, we all have to, we all have, to have uh, coconut oil. We all have to cook with <laughs> coconut oil. I'm like, do you know that's 87% uh, saturated fats? That's a fa it's really bad. Oh, is it? And you go, yeah. Really, it says on the back of you, like you're literally holding there the, you know, the, the tin that says it, but it's like the latest trend, the latest that's all going to be better. And people really just don't know how to read, nutritionally read what is on the back of something. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's all there. So I, I always said, you know, it's, it's really simple, everything in moderation. Yeah. Um, exercise is key. You're just burning calories. You're burning fat off. You know, there was the funny thing is that like for years, um, I've never eaten breakfast. But of course, the cliche is, well, breakfast is the most, most important, important meal. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. And um, I've never eaten breakfast. And so now everyone, oh, you you should. It, it starts with metabolism. It starts with all this, and then again, rubbish. And um, you're, everyone's an individual. Some people need breakfast, some people don't. I've always trained late at night, so I've always eaten later, so I don't need to eat. And now it's called fasting. So now people have said, oh, okay, so we sh you, sh you, know, you, don't, you, shouldn't eat, you shouldn't eat breakfast and you're great and you, you can lose weight, and now we're going to call it a name called fasting. So now everyone is onto their fasting thing. It's just, it's, um, it's, it's, it's not 
Well, it's what brain surgery you as well, it, though. It, it, it does work for you, but I mean, it's the same thing. Stay away from processed foods are not good for anyone. Yeah. Processed meats are not good for anyone. Anything white or in a packet is not good for anyone. Um, everything high in sugar, high in saturated fat, try and stay away from. That's basically, that's the same rules for everyone. Have you ever considered, like, I'm not genuinely, I'm just curious, have you ever considered veganism? Um, I don't eat much meat. No? I couldn't be a, no, I, I couldn't be a vegan. You couldn't do it? No. No, I, I'm, I'm with you there. But let's, you touched on your exercise there. I mean, that inner collie in you where you can't switch off. Mm. And as you say, you often go to the gym, and you, I've heard you talk about it before, late at night. And that's the time that works for you to go. Mm-hmm. But how important is exercise in your life and routine for this up here, your mental health? Uh, it's massive. That's, um, that hour in the gym, maybe 45 minutes, is uh, my total sort of escapism. Driving is escapism, I'm a huge petrol head, so escaping is that. But exercise um, is, is massive. But I've, you know, that's, that's the thing, I've like, I can't remember a time when I wasn't, I didn't do an ex, you know, some sort of exercise a day. Mm. So boy, I played cricket and football and rugby and played everything I could. Um, and the gym really to over, you know, took over that from the, the team sports because then when I was sort of traveling uh, in, in the modeling game and being you know, with uh, 60, 70, 90 flights a year, of course, the only thing you can really commit to at that time um, is gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started training before, and everyone thinks I was training because of to be a model, but I was training way before that. Of course. So actually, when I came into the modern game, I was getting you know, sort of bigger and bigger and bigger because I was hitting the gym. And uh, that wasn't the trend in fashion at the time, but I said, I don't care. This is, I want to you know, be healthy. I've, I've now, this is how I feel better, and this is what I want to do for myself. I don't care whether it's a trend in the fashion game, whether I'm fitting sample sizes. Um, and then it sort of came about that you know, Dolce were you know, looking for, they wanted to cast um, you know, a slightly more muscular model for light blue, and mm. I'd just done the campaign, that's how it all came about. Um, but that was just being, to say, being, you know, the name of your headstrong, not, not following the crowd, not following like a sheep, you know, just doing the same thing that everyone does. Um, and that's, it's, it's about questioning everything. People, are, I'm a very curious person. Mm. Um, I won't say anything unless I've, seen, someone asked me an opinion about something, someone asked me, um, you know, just opinion, some advice. If I don't know about it, something, I won't say it. My nan used to say, you've got nothing, you've got no, nothing nice to say. Don't, don't, say, don't, anything. don't say anything. Yeah. It's just something people really need to learn about these days. Um, and it's the same thing with not knowing. I won't give advice on, I'll just say I really don't know. So models come to me now and I've hopefully sort of given advice to hundreds, thousands of models and they come to me and ask me about my career and how we got there and where they are. Now the modeling game is completely, and the fashion game is, is, is one I, to be honest, is alien in some way to me now because of social media. Mm. And the way I sort of started with, was without social media and yeah. a whole different game. And I have to be very honest and say, look, listen, I can say, I can tell you how I started and how I branded and how we worked on that way, but it's a completely different industry now. And I can't give you advice on that. That's like sort of down to someone else, depending. So, um, and I'm very honest about it. When you don't know about something, be, be honest about it. Yeah. Uh, and that's um, sort of, yeah, as you said, the, the industry can be very, very difficult. But in, in, in everything, in dieting, in exercising, fashion industry, everything's about hard work. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like, I don't know about nutrition from sitting around not reading and not educating myself. Mm. Um, you know, to people talk about my physique or I'm training. 
when people are maybe sitting at home watching television, I'm at gym at, you know, gym, at, gym at night. It's a lot better for me to be doing that, and it's escapism. Um, I mean, I much prefer training, if I can, in the afternoon. Um, but, interesting. But with work and children and everything else now, the schedule is, no, it's kind of like I'm, I'm at the gym at 9 o'clock, and uh, you know, you're not getting out till 10 o'clock and then getting home and, and then eating. And that, but that's my little, my little respite, you know, is that yeah. hour. I mean, before we go on and talk about your career and things like that, I really want to rewind and talk about your childhood mm -hmm. and school because that's a place where I found life difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially a child nowadays in the 21st century in this climate with social media and mm -hmm. the way that society is now built up, it's a serious challenge to navigate through school like that. But I know that you found yourself isolated and mm. struggling with identity and even bullied when you were at school, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't fit in. I always say I don't, but I mean, I, I laugh now because I don't fit in now. Whether oh, that's my great. interpretation like of something I don't fit in, but it, you know, I've never really fitted in. I'm not fashion fashion. I'm not, you know, I'm ambassador for Men's Fashion Week and on the council of British Fashion Council and stuff like that. But I'm not one of, one of what I call like the fashion fashion people. Yeah. Um, might even down to well where I say we're not a fashion brand, we're a style brand. And it's always been, I've, I've, I've never won a fashion award. I've won style awards, I've never won a fashion award. So, um, and that, because I've always felt slightly alienated in that world, because I've done it slightly different to everyone else as well. And um, so I've, I've, it's something to do with me. I'm not, this is not me blaming anyone. I'm not being a victim to say I was, you know, a victim of school or mm. fashion or anything else. It's me, it's how I feel about something. Mm. It might not be true, but it's how I feel in my mind. Um, but I've always been a slight, you know, sort of solitary introvert? Sort of loner. Yeah, I suppose introvert. This, everything scares me to death to do with being in front of the camera, which of course are probably in the wrong industry. <laughs> but, um, thank, thank, thankfully Bear was here to save the day. Yeah, but, uh, and, it, and it still does. And, and you know, when someone, you, you are, uh, scared and your anxiety to be in front of the camera, to um, to be on a red carpet, to do. I mean, it, I, I can't tell you when someone says, "Can we just film this or do it?" Like, I still get that anxiety. Yeah, uh, I still get that pit in like, that bit of the butterflies in my stomach. So, just in terms of emotions, because it's very difficult as well, just thinking about children as well. But even now, controlling emotion. You know, I see a therapist as now and it's great mm -hmm. to admit that as a man but also as an adult that you are actively kind of seeking help and, and navigating your yeah, path through that but trying to control emotion is so difficult because sometimes it's too overwhelming mm -hmm. or it's a, a situational and uncontrollable what can you what do you do to help yourself control your emotion in those situations for example you see my emotions will come out as me having huge anxiety about not wanting to do something that will then come out as me looking a bit petulant, a bit angry, comes out as a bit of anger. Um, and what really that is all to do with me, that is to do with me in my head, but at that point going, I know I should do it, I know I can do this, I'm too nervous to do it, my anxiety, and it's just a big argument with myself, and that comes out as being a bit petulant, run away, just get out of it, get out of the situation. And I just, in the end, you learn to just, you know, is confront everything. Mm. And that's why I've, and I thought, and I sort of looked at myself for these days about being in fashion and casting and all these different things. And it was that point, just like, just let it go and just make a fool of yourself. Who's actually watching? 
and actually just go and sort of get on with it and you feel, you feel liberated by that, just chuck yourself in at the deep end. And I realised as a child with anything, if I was scared of something, I confronted it. Mm. And I wasn't doing that later in life. I was, and I think you, that was almost from schooling. It was like you're just, and from bullying and everything else, you're slowly, slowly, you, you lose that confidence as a child and you're bullied and told you're not good at anything or you're not going to you know, come to anything and everyone tells you you're this and that and takes Mickey and you take all that. You know, and until you put, well, I'm not good at anything and um, I shouldn't be here and you feel, you know, you've, you've got imposter syndrome. Yeah. Until you realise you actually go, hang on a minute, let's, let, let's kind of like turn this around and, and confront it. So have you ever left a, a social situation or an event or a shoot because of your anxiety? Um, anything that you can remember? Not really. And when I say that, that sounds a bit weird. Um, but I won't, you know, like, but I will disappear. As in, I've come to an event, I've done everything I need to do, and I often I'll, I'll stay for longer than I have to. But my whole idea is I, I, I want to get, you know, I, my safe zone is at home, or I want to go and take the dog for a walk, or I want to be at the gym, or I want to be driving. They're my passions and they're what I want to be doing. Me and my wife have two separate. She um, loves social situations. She mm -hmm. loves talking to people, meeting people. She is. Um, she gets her positivity from that. I'm the other thing where I, I, positivity is drained from me when I'm in those social situations. Because we're very different as well. And of course, when you're out and people want to constantly talk to you and have photos, that it, it's you know it, it does have its toll. Yeah. Um, but there's two different. You know, we, we're completely different in those situations. Um, so she would never understand. She'd just go, where have you been? Like, where the guys like three hours off with the dog walk or with the kids and everything else. And like, well, what do you do and where are you off during those times? Um, and I, you know, there and I'll come back, you know, completely rejuvenated because I've had some time on my own um, or time with the dog or time with the kids where Recharge. she recharges from being in social situations. That's where she loves to be. Complete two opposites of people. And so you can never say what I'm saying to someone people cannot resonate with. There's lots of people um, that will resonate with it. There's a young model that we used for Wellware the other day called Charlie. He will be one of the biggest models. Like he walks into a room, you can just tell he's going to be absolutely great. And he sort of, we were at his, his event and he said to me, the funny thing is Dave, he said, I really just hate having my picture taken. And I, had, and I said to him, look, let me just chat to you for 10 minutes. I still, when you've just seen me go off and have my picture taken there, and then those people have asked me to do some filming and doing an interview, in every one of those situations, I have to force myself to go over there and go and do it because it's not a natural environment for me. And he was just like, what, you've always been like this? And I said, yeah, I've always been like it. And he gave him that reassurance. He was like, oh, okay, so I understand that someone else is in the same boat. And I said, there's a, there's a side, you know, Charlie, that you, you have to put on a, it's not a persona, but you have to play a role. And that's what I've kind of done. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly why I started this platform in the sense that getting individuals such as yourselves and all the guests that I've ever spoken to talking about something that can be relatable to mm. anybody yeah, yeah, and absolutely. therefore they feel like they're not alone. Mm -hmm. So you talking about, you know, with Charlie there going, yeah, I've never liked the cameras, you know, like this. This situation probably thinking, you're pretending they're not there, right? <laughs> or, you know, and so... Well, if you, yeah, I mean, if anyone will watch the, your... Um, if you ever go back on podcasts or any filming, I'm very rare looking at cameras. I'm yeah, probably looking yeah. down or up or at the interview yeah, and yeah, pretending. Yeah. When, when someone says to me, you have to talk in camera, 
that's one of my biggest nightmares. Really? It's, it's just it's horrendous. So, so it's just well, not if you're happy to, do you mind talking into camera? <laughs> 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 right, um, you mentioned it there as well. You feel like you've been in this industry now for 20 years. But as you say, it's constantly evolving and changing, especially mm. with this introduction of social media. What's your relationship like with social media? I think, how do I use it? Or? Well, no, how do, you, how do you feel about social media in terms of, not addictions and stuff, but you use it as a professional job, I get that. But do you mm. ever spend time where you're thinking, well, actually, well, this is making, not making me feel good? Yeah, I don't use a professional job, I use it as a marketing tool. Yes, sure. So that's, that's how I use it. So that's, you, that's you, you're, 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 you could easily put it down and you're, you're done. Oh, I do put it down. That's good. Yeah, speak to anyone at Google, speak to anyone at Instagram. And, and ask them if they've got their children on social media. I'm sure they'll tell you we don't let our children anywhere near social media. I think a lot of people will tell you that, and there's a reason for it. I think it's addictive, yeah. and adults are addicted to it. And, and um, I, I think I can see... See, I, I, I have also... You see it, and maybe you do. Um, there is, is you can, anyone <laughs> can fake your account. Now, they won't have the blue tick, but it doesn't matter. People yeah. can be manipulated, and I have, we have hundreds a month, a year, thousands a year fake accounts. And Instagram are doing a very, very bad job and now deleting them. So these people contact people, and I know people who have tried to meet up with people, pretending to be me. I know people who have asked people to donate to charities, this being one of them, send me money to a bank account. Because of it. And so that, if that account is deleted, that account can then be started one minute later. It's crazy. Unregulated. That's so who are you talking to online? You don't know. Mm. And this is, this is something we're putting our children onto. And just addiction of a phone. So when I talk about dog walking, when I'm talking about with my children, the phone, the phone is in my pocket. Counting it's, your it's, steps. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. all it's doing. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, you've, you've got to get it right with children. As in, yes, it's, you can have some, you know, I've got some brilliant apps that are designed um, by uh, uh, Oxford University for children. Brilliant educational acts that you, you would, could not access uh, any other way. Um, but to be, on, you know, to be on that addiction, it's a, it, adults are addicted to it, so children will be addicted to it. Even more so. And if you, you know, you're looking at uh, really a, a time now where probably with your podcast here, it's, it's about talking. We need to talk. And we're doing that less than ever. Like we are just watching phones or we're on WhatsApp. And actually you're meeting children now, you're meeting really people in their 20s and we're you know, at Wellware, we're, we're employing people that are brilliant on WhatsApp, that want social to be at home, situation. but social situations, mm. absolutely, so they can't talk to people. Um, working from home scares me to death. You know, we, we're on Zoom meetings and there's 10 people and there's three or four people, you know, we're all you know, sat at home and then, um, you know, the, we were all talking together, they haven't said anything for an hour, and then you'll go, okay, goodbye, and we'll do it. Where do those people go? Who are they talking to? Who's looking after them? And those in, in that situation is, uh, you know, going into an office or going into a working environment or going out to exercise or going taking a dog walk, they're all social, social interactions. They're forcing you to be in social, social interactions. Um, and whether you're on the bus or on the tube or in the office or going for a drink afterwards, and from someone who, if you've got anxiety and you're, you, you're going through dark periods, one of the, you know, the main things is you, you want to hide from people. 
And this has given you a great excuse to do that and not being forced to go out. Sometimes it's, you feel 10 times better from just going out and getting fresh air and doing exercise and talking and meeting people. And this working from home environment, I mean, I'm not the only person saying this, by the way. No. I mean, this is not, this <laughs> this is just not my view. This isn't a global You've got like, clever people like James Dyson going, get everyone back in the office. Yeah. Uh, and that's from a productivity point of view. But yeah, it's I also from a, from, a, from a headstrong point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it isn't just, you know, children and the social media that, where that mental health struggle comes in. Something that I really want to talk about is the stigma around men's mental health. Mm -hmm. Now, I am aware that everyone in the world is entitled to their own demons, but there's something specific about men talking about mental health that still has this stigma. Why do you think men find it so difficult to talk and notably talk about their own vulnerability? Because I think there's contradictions. So I think a lot of people can go, men go, men, it's okay for a man to cry. Not too much though, because it's, that's not very masculine. How can you win in those situations? So it's, um, or you should talk about it, and when you do try and talk about it. My, I, I've got a slightly contradicting view when people say men need to talk. And I'm like, I think that's one of the biggest cop-outs. Mm. Men need to talk. I'm like, right, who's listening? Yeah. Because we're in a very polarized world that will listen, but if you say something we don't like or we don't agree with, we're gonna be, we, we, we don't wanna listen to you. We are living in a very polarised black and white world of, of, uh, of you know, black or white, left or right. There's no centre ground. There's no, doesn't seem to be able to have a, like, an educated um, conversation without it turning into arguments. And everything said is if you don't agree with something, it turns into a bit of an argument these days. So we're saying to men, talk. But, and I, I think people once say, I pr you probably need to see someone if someone is going through a very, very difficult time with mental well-being. Easier said than done. Where? Yeah. How? How expensive is it? What's the waiting list? You know, there's a waiting list. It's hugely expensive to go into this therapist. You know, we're talking about a world of, uh, you know, every cost of everything is rising. You can't, a lot of people cannot afford that. There are solutions to it. And you know, we're looking at it with Wellware, working with brands that, that there are solutions to this. And charities, of course, as well. And charities and, and as well. Minds, but Absolutely. Again, as you say, but there's that financial element that it does mm -hmm. boil down to. Yeah. So, and, and that's so, yeah, who do you, you know, who's, who's listening? Are you listening? And yeah, it, it's, it's just a still, a, it's very much changing of, of where this, the idea of called masculinity and, and um, this being openness. And women have a natural advantage. They, they talk much more than men um, mm. to their friends and open mm. up and men don't. I mean, we, we talk, but not necessarily sometimes about the right things. On the surface. Too on the surface, the surface, yeah, talk. and it's, you you just keep everything in because there is this ideal that you should be strong. You shouldn't, you know, you should take everything in. And, and so I was, got, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm. Uh, just having a think. You, we were talking earlier. You've got your best friend called Louis. Mm -hmm. When was the last time you called Louis and asked him how he was doing with his mental health? We ask each other. I, I mean, I, you see, my biggest thing is um, I'm doing okay. Anyone says everyone, I'm doing okay. Be worried about that person. Give him a call. So uh, me and Louis, yeah, we're we're the same. We're like we can, we say WhatsApp. He's he's in New York, so we um, we don't we don't see each other that much. But um, we WhatsApp as soon as he goes. Yeah, not not doing that great this week, or I'm doing okay. Is and I'll do the same. 
it's I think that's our little code sign for wherever we are, pick up the phone, yeah, okay, what's up? And so, yeah, it's a little chat that's really to deal with that. And uh, a lot of our friends, you know, a lot of friends like, but it's, it's, it's having that sign, it's, mm. when you've been through harder times, you probably recognize it in other people. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. And that's why I always say to me, when they say, yeah, I'm okay, because very rarely people are gonna go, no, I'm, I'm suffering at the moment, I'm, I'm going well, through a hard so time. That's the most difficult part, is where you admit it out loud. Mm -hmm. You know, and you don't want to say, oh, there's something wrong with me, but you go, actually, I'm not okay. Mm. Or I'm, I genuinely am struggling, or I'm overwhelmed, or I am anxious. Yeah. It's so difficult to say those words, especially to someone that you know, because you don't want to be a burden. You don't want to be a burden. Also, again, I'm going to go back to when someone said, I'm not doing very well, I need some help. What does that person do? What, what help? How, what's the best? Yeah. It's all really good talking about men should talk. There needs to be solutions to it. And we're not finding solutions to it. Otherwise, we would see a big dropping suicide rates of men under 44. And I don't think we're seeing that. I could be wrong. Someone, hopefully, someone will come back to us the and biggest, say, it's still the biggest. Yeah, it's dropping. Mm. And so, yeah. So clearly, we're not doing something right. And, and talking about it's all, all good and well. But what are the solutions? And there are. There are, you know, we're working with uh, a few different charities and apps, and some of them aren't charities, some of them are actually a business where you can talk to um, the right person, either a therapist or a life coach, and it's 100 pounds for 10 sessions. And one of the most interesting things is uh, when we're working with this, um, working one of the apps we're working with is that about 40% of men are doing these sessions in their car. That's ridiculous. As a, I've never heard that is their thing. private space, or that's the time they have to do it. That's um, so sad. So we're working on, on but there's also a, a great thing that is um, we're working with uh, um, another other events of. You know, it's, it's great to get men out talking. It doesn't necessarily have to be about mental health. Yeah. But it's getting people getting men out. One of the biggest things is cars, passion. So we, I, I'm a big car nut, petrol fan. And we go out to car events and concourses and everything else. Doesn't matter where your status is in life, who you are, and everything else. When two men have got that passion of cars, probably a bit like football about everything else, you're talking, you're, it, there's a positivity behind it. So we're looking at sort of doing well where weekends of like bringing cars together, Cross bringing guys together. No other reason just to get guys and everyone together. Um, well, let me know when it's happening. Few, maybe chucking a few dogs there as well and just bringing the whole lot. Look at that. Yeah. Trifecta <laughs> of joy and happiness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a couple of personal questions if I'm allowed to. Um, if you don't want to answer, I'm, please okay. feel free to not. But I'm intrigued. When was the last time that you cried? Uh, about two days ago. And if you're happy to say, what was that about? I don't think anyone's ever watched Yellowstone, but there's a couple of prequels to it, and one is 1883, and the ending of that was... Had you in tears? Had me in tears. It's to do with a father and a daughter. Mm. Spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> um, I won't say the ending, and it just resonated something. I just, um, I would, if I hadn't had daughters, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have upset right. me as much, but I just totally... So you just resonated yeah, with the I haven't cried that much since E.T. got back on his spaceship uh, film. I mean, I'm, I'm not a crier. But, um, but yeah, so that was the last time I, I yeah, had a, had a like, and, and th the funny thing is, it's like, I'm now, you know, I, would, I was saying to friends, they were like, what did you do last night? I said, have you seen, you know, 1883? I was like bubbling like, you know, like, like a baby last night at this thing. So I'm not, don't think I'm mad enough to, you know, or too mad enough no, to say I'm crying or, or anything else. It's, it's kind of like, you know, what, I'm, what I admit to. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it wasn't over something. No, it was actually watching something. Yeah, but again, but you subconsciously though were relating to that I knew connection exactly, exactly, exactly what it was about. Exactly, yeah, yeah that yeah, emotive yeah. connection. Yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, usually the weird thing is, is like if I get upset about something, it's about animals. Or if I see something about the cruelty of animals or something on a film that yeah. the, the animal dies or something, that yeah. absolutely ruins me. And my other question that I wanted to ask was. Do you see a therapist? I have done, but I don't, no, not at the moment. Because I think I'm in a good place in my head, I know, I think I know how to, I know my demons, I know, we're talking about anxiety, mm. I know all those places, so. It takes a long, no. long time though to learn that though. You know, as in about yourself, because oh. I'm still learning stuff about myself today. Mm. I'm sure you are as well. Mm. How old are you? 26. See, I'm 43. So I've been doing it you know, a lot longer than, like yeah. knowing, trying to get to know myself and my mind and how that works in this game and, uh, and creating a, you know, being headstrong to create a, um, an environment that I'm happy in. You know, one of the things we really going back to the modeling industry was, I always, from early days, was like, I want to control the industry, I don't want the industry to control me. Yeah. And that's getting into a position to, uh, to be able to, um, to, you know, to be in that position. Um, and to getting that position is hard work and commitment, but once you get there, then you're, you, you, know, you, you haven't got anyone controlling you. You're in, you're in your own destiny. And you get that wrong, you get it right sometimes, and you're still learning. I'm still learning, of course. Um, but yeah. Have you ever, when, when you started out, when you reflect now with hindsight, was there ever that topic of mental health and discussion at that start when you started out in the modeling industry? No. Do you think it would be different if it did it? exist at the time, they, those conversations for you and that support that you could have had. Not, not support that in saying that you needed it, but mm -hmm. you know, that olive um, branch or that hand or someone to talk to, or even just talking see, about it yourself. I came into the industry got a little bit later, so I was 21, 22. Um, there's a big difference between if you're coming at 16, 17 to someone who's 21, 22. At 21, 22, you still know bug rule, by the way. Absolutely, you don't know anything about life. You think you do, but you don't. Um, that's what your 20s are for. Um, and then I always think in your 30s, you accept really more of who you are. And your you, flaws. You, you're, as a man, you calm, you calm down a little bit. And um, definitely your flaws and you know, the opposite. And um, so, yeah, I, I, would it made much difference at that point? Um, no, I, I mean, my agency were great anyway. So of course you're putting yourself in those situations. My mum and dad have always been brilliant. My mum's an incredible listener. She used to work for the Samaritans. Mm -hmm. um, so wow. she's an incredible listener uh, people. Never judges. This is the whole thing. Is, is the point when people need to listen is they, they listen. They don't necessarily come up with a judgment or solutions. It's just listening. And that's what my mum is, is absolutely brilliant at. Um, so yeah, I, I suppose I was very fortunate that I had people um, that are, were supportive around me. If I said something, they, they took it, they believed it and took it to, uh, and, and sort of, you know, helped me just chat through those, those little problems or demons I had. I mean, one thing that I know that resonates really strongly with you that we touched on at the beginning is that family core mm -hmm. and that, you know, having your dogs, your, your, your wife, your children, that's so important for you. Mm -hmm. How important is it to have that circle around you for support and being able to, as you, we just said with Louis, reaching out and saying, actually, yeah, maybe we could hop on the phone and have a chat. How important uh, is th that circle? I, th I think it's important. I, 
You see, I've, I can sort of change this around to I've had to very much, I created my own little, I suppose, environment for myself when I was, the fashion industry almost forces you to be on your own. Mm. You're on a plane on your own, you're traveling on your own, you're constantly on your own. You have to be comfortable in your own skin. And, you know, when I first met, uh, met Steph, my, my partner, you know, it was, I would go off and have dinner on my own, go to the cinema on my own, go traveling on my own. She was like, you're just, that to her was completely alien. I was like, that's what I've been doing for 20 years. But it wasn't just that 20 years. I realized I'd been doing that since school. So, you know, when I was bullied at school and I didn't get on with anyone, I was doing everything myself. I was either, I was in the gym or I was going to practice in sport at lunchtime. I was in the library because I didn't have anyone to talk to. And so I learned to be this very solitary person. I learned, I, you know, it was just, that was just how it, it how was. So it probably put me in good stead for sort of being in the fashion industry. Um, it also made me not rely on anyone else. Also not listen to anyone. Not, not listen, but not follow the crowd. You know, not follow the, and, and that's what generally people are very safe within their little packs, as I call them, and I wasn't in a certain pack. I didn't really fit into anywhere. So um, a support network is very important. To have those few people that you can trust is very important, but it, it's not necessarily about a family. I mean, a family can be anyone. Um, when I say family, I include my best friends in that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and it's a, a great network to, to have. When you talk about family, you're probably talking about um, your children, and there's nothing better. But with children, you, this was alien to me because I had never had a routine for 20. I hate routine. It, it sends me, like, that really does affect me doing the same thing every day. Doesn't and of course, when you then have, have children, and I, I stopped traveling, you know, it was only, only really me and, my, uh, me and my other half that we could rely on each other because our families are you know, quite far off. Um, so it was just us, and of course you stopped traveling. So everything I, I built, that I loved traveling and flying and traveling around the world, kind of stopped. And I was chucked into this kind of like routine a little bit which I, of course, loved. But there was the same time of being with my daughter, but it affected me, which I knew then. You have to rebalance and you have to go, right, I have to, what, what am I doing? You know, how can I change this? Because this, this, otherwise, if I don't change this quickly, I know this is not going to, this is going to affect me quite badly. Mm. So you put those changes in. And that's when I virtually started in Dora, like every morning was a walk to Richmond Park. Amazing. And so that's what I did. That was my strong place to either with the child on the back, you know, in that little thing, <laughs> or without her. But that would be every day. Um, and when I say you know routine, I mean my, it's you know it's not an office every day. Everything is different in my life. But we weren't travelling. I loved travelling. I loved being on planes. You know, I was in Italy on Monday, and uh, sorry last week, and sort of got back to like the airport on the plane. And I was like, it's it feels this is where I should be. Yeah. Like completely natural to me. Where an unnatural environment is me to be in London as, as a, for a long, long time. In this metropolitan hustle <laughs> and bustle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But David, I've really enjoyed this. Um, you've used the word a few times now, but I'm intrigued to hear what you say. What does the word headstrong mean to you? I mean, if you actually probably ask, I think the definition of if you look at headstrong, it's probably a bit, people with connotations of negativity. I, I might be wrong there if I'm thinking what a definition of like very headstrong, headstrong child, headstrong woman, headstrong man, like you're not listening to people. Um, I've had to be headstrong in my belief of how I was going to be successful in life or my belief that I could 
be on a level playing field with the female supermodels in in a career. Now I had everyone said won't happen, never happen, won't you know, never, never, you're never going to get that that level playing field. Um, and then you have a few people that believe in you, um, and I did. Um, and being headstrong is finding this balance between gut feeling of where you want to be and what you think you can achieve, being realistic and listening to the right people. Don't listen to negative people. There's a difference between uh, negativity and um, I suppose the truth in some ways. A lot of people will just be negative. Mm. There's a lot of people being in a position that will give you some great advice and it might not be what you want to hear and you have to take it on. Um, and sometimes you just have to ignore them and get it wrong yourself. But it's a fine balance. Headstrong is putting all this together, analyzing it, and saying, right, I, I, but I know where I want to be, and, and my headspace is here, and I'm, I'm headstrong to know where I want to be to achieve it, but be realistic at the same time. I think it's putting all those things together. Um, but it's very important to, to stick, you know, without being headstrong, it's, being, it's, having, it's listening to your heart and going with your, your gut feeling, which I've kind of always done. Um, but I think if you can follow those passions of where you want to be, your, your head will be in a better place. Beautiful answer. Thank you. Pleasure. Well, look, uh, thank you so much. I'm going to have to say that uh, you'll have to meet Hamilton at some point. <laughs> we'll to we'll have Hamilton. to go to Richmond Park and we'll go for a walk. <laughs> Ideally not at 12.30 at night, as we were discussing. No, but no that, that's <laughs> a bit of an anomaly, that one. But no, I'm, I'm usually in the morning, yeah, of course. But, yeah, no, yeah. Um, but thank you so much for your time today. It's been thank amazing you. here to be here at Battersea Dogs and Cats Home as well. Welcome, with you. absolutely. And, um, but I wish you all the best of luck. David Gandhi, well worth. Thank you, sir. And um, we'll see you soon. Thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, a thank you to our sponsor today, who knows pets aren't just animals, they're part of the family. They're part of who we are, our adventures, our world. Animal Friends Pet Insurance is not only here to offer affordable protection for the furriest member of your family, they're also the only leading UK insurer founded to support vulnerable pets and wildlife around the world. With cover to suit your budget, Animal Friends' award-winning, easy-to-understand policies for cats, dogs, horses and riders can provide you with peace of mind so you can focus on creating more memories together. Animal Friends. Because all good stories start with a tale. For more information on Animal Friends' pet insurance, visit www.animalfriends.co.uk. On this episode of Headstrong, I have partnered with Wellman, the UK's number one vitamin brand for men. Our physical and mental health are closely linked. And in today's high pressure world, it's more important than ever to keep both in check. When life shows no signs of slowing down, Wellman's advanced supplements give you the nutritional support you need to help safeguard your diet and maintain health and vitality. Backed by extensive international research and expert formulations, Wellman is designed for the lifestyle needs of men at every stage of life. All products are packed with a broad spectrum of nutrients, 
such as vitamins B6 and B12, which contribute to normal energy release, and vitamin D to support the normal function of the immune system. Wellman is brought to you by Vitabiotics, the UK's leading vitamin company, and is proud to promote mental health for men with Headstrong. Visit wellman.co.uk to find out more. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.